welcome to the Awake Space Astrology Podcast. I'm Lori Rivers, your host, here to help you with some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world and to dazzle you with my accuracy. I uh, had another troll hit me on TikTok yet again. Uh, they gave me a great chance to talk about the Kiss My Accuracy game. Oh, don't you love it when they try to say, you don't know what's going to happen to Trump. You're not you, you're not very good at that. I'm like, I don't know. I called the uh, first indictment back in March. I called that a year before it happened to the month. Not going to lie. I was biting my fingernails because I said by March of 2023 and we were sitting at March 30th and I was like, if this happens on April 1st, I'm going to be so mad about that. But anyway... I just, I don't know why people need to do that when I actually have record of what I predicted. But, you know, call me arrogant. I call me accurate. Which, speaking of, we're working on the merch. Um, I'm having an integration problem. I know, it's a little TMA. But we do have a KMA mug coming to you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> KMA. Kiss my accuracy both a travel mug and a regular coffee mug because life without coffee is well I don't know it's just too crunchy we have to have coffee we also have a sweatshirt coming up that said Astro Lori says it's going to be crunchy PTO request <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny we'll have more coming up as well because you guys keep asking me for the merch so we're going to bring it to you it's coming I have a store accidentally on TikTok now and I say by accident because a lot of times if you sign up for something, it isn't active till you hit the activate my store. And now there's this store tab on my TikTok and they changed my username to the awake space, which is the name of the store. And then people thought I had, you know, I was like a troll or something. I was like, no, no, it was me. I accidentally got the stupid store and I changed my name. And oh, technology. Speaking of. And we've got the sun squared Jupiter right now. And the moon in Aries is currently right on top of the south node as I record this. So I just want you to know I'm completely unsupervised. And this may be a very, very interesting episode as the moon and the north or north node and the south node square off with my moon or sorry, my sun and my Mercury while Pluto opposes it. Yes, yes, the pressure. So, what's up this week? We got, you know, it, it, we're still coming off that full moon from the first, and we're heading towards the new moon. And the new moon in Leo is, is an interesting one. I don't freak out. So we'll talk a little bit about that here. Plus, we're getting ready for Mercury retrograde later in the month. Please don't freak out. If you're a patron, you got your new astrology planner. Since I can now see if you're on YouTube, these are the new work glasses. The distance glasses are in the car because I really don't need them for anything more than that. These are still Coke bottles, though, eh? All right, if you're listening on Spotify, uh, they're a good, <laughs> they're a good inch thick, <laughs> and and they're the ultralight. <laughs> high index lenses lenses that are compressed can you imagine if these were glass they'd be like this thick oh my gosh but anyway i can see and it's really cool and i'm really happy uh working with taryn dufault on the oracle deck not oracle deck sorry the call of gaia deck 
and we're looking for better packaging. So I'll talk a little bit more about the deck and what we're coming up with that. There's lots of exciting things. And then, and then Casey and I are hitting the road tomorrow and heading to Oregon, going up to my spiritual community in Oregon City and staying with my mentor and soul sister. So my mentor, Thomas C. Chavez, and my soul sister, Gabrielle Chavez. They are very dear to my heart. We'll be doing some very fun metaphysical work up there. And we will be having a patron meetup on Sunday, August 13th at their place. And if you're a patron, the invitation went out. If you're a new patron coming in, you just go search through the posts. Okay, it's there's a really cute picture with Casey and I on it, if I do say so myself. Um, but anyway, I'm having fun tonight. Uh, that meetup, it's going to be informal. There's a love offering. I'm not, I'm not charging like a ticket price. I'm just saying, Hey, since Thomas and Gabrielle have been so kind to let us have a meetup there, if you could bring a little, little something to donate, that would be nice. We'll just pass around a pass around a tin can for donations and that'll help them in their work. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I get new glasses. I can finally see the doctor in 2021 that said I was going blind was wrong. And that's, <laughs> that's good news. So that's the upside of the Pluto transit opposite my sun and Mercury. So sometimes it's good news. So what have we got going on this week? I didn't do the week ahead live stream. I have been doing for patrons because we do have the new astrology planner where I write the horoscopes. Uh, you get the same great information. I put in full moon activities, things to do to prep for the full moon and do during the week of the full moon. New moon affirmations. Um, those are really great. Every week I'm putting out new pages for that planner. And so all patrons that get horoscopes and above, that's the $15 tier and above. Um, all of you got your new pages today. So, and we got more good stuff coming out through August as well for that. So that's kind of fun. That's actually a lot more fun than the way I was writing horoscopes before, which had kind of the set format. And it, it, oh my gosh, I was writing every two days and it was hard to keep up with this. This is nice. It's a weekly thing that comes out. Um, yeah. So there's that. All right. So we're going to talk about this week's astrology and talk about the new moon in the next segment. A little bit of Mercury retrograde prep. And then uh, we'll do some patron shout outs and then I'll catch you up with what's what's happening with the awake space, some of the cool stuff happening with classes and oh, Woke Astrology Live, guys, it's up, it's live. We're going to do Woke Astrology Live where you get read to filth. So we've we've figured out the format last last month was our, our test run. And so what we're doing is everybody gets a chance to be read. A chance. Okay. We're going to pick three charts at random. Okay. Three charts at random. And I'll probably have Shane pick those. And we're not going to do it based on names. We'll just do it through registrations. Right. 
Shane will do it. He's got a Capricorn moon. You trust Shane. Who's Shane? He's one of my mods. He's the disembodied voice. He'll pick another celebrity chart for us to read to warm up. And then we'll read three people to filth. Um, so everybody who comes gets to be part of the Q&A, part of the live audience. Everybody gets a recording. It's super fun. It's a great way to get your chart read um, at a fraction of the cost of, of a private one-on-one reading. It's super fun. And um, I don't know. You guys should let me know. I'll run a poll if you guys want to. Uh, this will be on Spotify. If you want group readings that are available from me or the other astrologers um, that are like four or five people where it cuts the cost down on the individual. If you guys let us know and you don't mind having your chart read, you know, in front of other people, then that's something we can start to because, you know, we know it costs, but you're getting a lot. This isn't just vague information. And I always say, I always help people save money, make money, um, you know, that, that's what I do personally. So, you know, it's a fair exchange. Alrighty, let's get going. Let's talk about this week in the next segment. Libra moon but I just really didn't like my hair in that last video no I'm not camera ready I'm not wearing makeup oh YouTube YouTube be like oh my god she looks like she's in her 50s she is in her 50s (laughs) she is you know when I was a 25 year old starting to learn astrology I looked at the astrologers who were probably my age now and I was like man I want to be like that and what I didn't realize is it would take all those years of practice and experience to be that person Um, everybody wants to be an instant expert I was no exception and uh, it requires time study experience to get super fluent so let's take a look at this week this week this week this week Oh boy, it's interesting. So the crunchiest part of this weekend is actually while I'm recording the podcast, which is it's 8.36 p.m. West Coast time on Sunday, the August 6th. And that, that's pretty crunchy. But Tuesday, Tuesday is when the moon will be conjunct Uranus. And that's a pretty wild day. Let me pull up much heart let me pull up much heart for that day was i ready and prepared absolutely not let's get this going oh gosh again if you want it effective find somebody else i'll at least entertain you and dazzle dazzle you with accuracy but i gotta find my chart first okay while i'm doing this i would really love some good thoughts from my dad his name is walter rivers and he just had knee surgery and they had to go back and get some antibiotics. My dad fought off a massive staph infection in 2021. And it looked like something was trying to brew. His birthday is August 8th. So he is not a young man. So all good thoughts would be appreciated for him and my mother who is doing the caretaking. Um, all right. Got my handy dandy chart software up. So, what do we got? 
So with the moon on the seventh, the moon moves into, well, actually, yeah, I mean, late tonight, but on the seventh, we have the moon in um, Taurus and it'll be approaching Jupiter and Jupiter is square the sun. So tomorrow we could see some very interesting seismic actions. We could see issues with trucking, rail, com- anything to do with commodities. We might see more stuff coming out of Russia with um, grain shipments, you know, between Russia and Ukraine. It's definitely going to get more heated in Niger. And it's interesting as a political analyst, if you're new listening to me, I was a political analyst before I became an astrologer. And yes, I have done that for a job. And I often include it in in my work here as an astrologer. And the situation in Niger is very interesting. And the propaganda coming from all sides is very interesting. So this is another proxy war between the United States and Russia. Um, Yes, West Africa is trying to liberate itself from the EU and multinational corporations, as they well should, as they well should. When, when, but, but the United States propaganda is this is jihadis, you know, and again, using Islamophobia to get population into supporting, you know, whatever action we decide to take. When the actual issue is uranium, okay, all of these countries that we get involved in, we're not, I don't care if they're democratic or not, we've upheld lots of dictators. It's about resources. It's always about resources. And Niger has a lot of uranium. Um, I heard a statistic, I'd have to go verify it, but this is what I heard. One in three light bulbs in France is powered by uranium from Niger. And France was hugely re- responsible for a lot of brutality in West Africa. I've lived in West Africa and worked in West Africa as a political analyst. And, um, yeah, the United States isn't the only brutal nation. Let me tell you, all of Western Europe has a part to play as well and not be held harmless. So I'm a little concerned about what's going on in West Africa, just stability-wise. And I don't, I don't really care about cacao and all the other commodities that people may nationalize that might be a really good thing do you really think nestle deserves all that but what i do care about is is instability and what that means resource wise for just average everyday people anywhere in the world um, because they suffer the most through instability so you know it's always the least of us who are harmed in in war zones and in conflicts and the news will make it sound like a numbers game and those numbers are people and so that's something to keep in mind so i think we'll see conflict to short long story short and especially once the moon moves into a trine with mars okay so the moon will be in a trine with mercury just before it conjuncts Jupiter and squares off with the sun and and that's where I think we might see some real interesting transportation issues. Casey, don't listen. We're on the road. We're driving. It's fine. By the time by the time we have time to listen to this, we'll be all right, I promise. Um although man, traffic in LA might be a little snaggy. We're zipping out early in the morning, so it should be all right. 
um, later in the day, and this might even be, let me double check. This might even be Tuesday. It might be the Tuesday chart I'm thinking of. Ah, come on, give me a PM. Let's check our timing. Yeah, so by 5 p.m. Pacific on the 7th, um, the moon is only at 9 degrees. It's uh, within a 5-degree conjunction. This is where transportation is going to get gnarly. So if you're in Portland, Seattle, L.A., and you don't get out of work at 3 o'clock and you leave at 5 or 5.30, expect traffic to just get, you know, craptastic. Um, it may be a little, a little gnarly, a little gnarly, um, especially with the moon trying Mercury. And in that could just be, you know, impeded drivers, slow drivers, believe it or not. Some slow driver could hold up an entire, you know, you might get a tractor on I-5 or something. Who knows what that is? So let's give a look here to August 8th. It's Tuesday that I am thinking. Now, Trump is probably going to keep shooting his mouth off. Remember, patrons, I told you in the patron-only podcast, the latest update, that for his solar return, his mouth is going to continue to get him into trouble. And his latest statements have been horrendous. And I keep wondering if he's going to try to go for incompetency as a defense like he's not competent to stand trial but then they're going to pull out the competency test from his presidency and it's either fraudulent okay which hello (laughs) or boy that'd be a shock wouldn't it um or he's gonna they're gonna say well no you had this test and it said you were competent you know so yeah I, i really think the the things get tight for him um, but we'll see something happen for him on the seventh because, again, remember he has the mid haven at twenty four degrees of Taurus in his natal chart, and um, I already did a TikTok and I was explaining how you know Jupiter in his ninth house is not protecting him from legal matters. It's not. It's not a protection. It's a magnification. It just cascades. And he has more indictments to come. He has more trial dates to come. Um, His organization has trial dates. I mean, it's just everywhere. He's going to be bleeding out money. So, there's that to look forward to. Um, She's not unbiased. I'm not unbiased, but I'm a really good astrologer. Okay. So in 2016, I actually said he would win, okay, in Facebook groups. And I got called all kinds of names from people. And I was like, hey, I don't like him, but he has the transits. Now I'm talking about his transits. And pardon me, I have never liked that man. Not even when I was in high school. And he was like being interviewed on TV as Mr. Eligible Bachelor Creepy Guy. I mean, he's always been ucky. He has the morals of a nudibranch. Remember, the man held up the Bible upside down. Come on. Whatever. I mean, if you're going to try to claim it, do it right. But anyway, so if you don't like what I'm saying, you don't have to listen to my podcast. And troll comments will be dealt with roughly. Woofly. Woof. All right. Um, <laughs> full of it today. So around mm, 3 p.m., 
Pacific. So that's 5 p.m. Eastern. The moon will be conjunct Uranus. And that is probably going to be... It's going to be square Venus. And this could be some really weird financial news. This could be some breaking news. This could be to do with retail. This could do with shipping. This could do with um, all manner of things. It's getting interesting. And Mars is just starting just starting to move into an applying opposition with Neptune. It's not there yet, but it's getting there. And I think we could see things with like actual shipping, like container ships, ports. Um, definitely going to see some very interesting weather with this on Tuesday. We could see tornadoes. We could see more erosion events. I called erosion events for the weekend. And um, did you see what happened in Juneau, Alaska? You know, that, that river doesn't rage like that. That is a glacier melt event that's a big deal um yeah so you know i told you after july of 2022 climate change would not be ignored you couldn't ignore it anymore you couldn't say it wasn't real it's happening and i don't think we need to fight over the cause i think we just need to mitigate as much as we can although i don't know what they're thinking about like we're gonna block out the sun (laughs) oh my god i was like who 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 thinks of these things how about we stop making plastic the same we lived without it before so yeah i'm just oversimplifying things right that's what they like to say so it's it's a pretty crunchy week i uh, the big day, I think, really is August 8th, which is my dad's birthday. And so, of course, it's going to be spectacular. He himself was born in August 8th, 1945. We just, um, Hiroshima happened, and then there was a break, and then Nagasaki happened in 1945. My dad was born in between that. We hold that astrological weather within us. So, when you look at the events of the time you were born, so dad brings excitement wherever he goes i can tell you that much um and has dealt with a lot of very interesting situations in life so i always look look towards his birthday with kind of a what's gonna happen that day attitude the ninth we've got the moon in Gemini. Why do I talk about the lunar transit so much? If you're a patron, you should know the answer by now. But if you're new to this, then I look at lunar transits because it governs the day-to-day living events. I know everybody likes to look for, look for the hot and sexy. But if you really want to live your life intentionally, you pay attention to the day-in, day-out day life. Uh, I think that weather piles up and I think we go from humid to super windy as the moon moves into Gemini that will be happening on August 9th uh, in the morning early morning and August 10th August 10th is where I think we're going to see some of the bigger weather and the reason for that is we're going to have Uh, the moon square Mars this could be some devastating weather Um, 
devastating and moon square mercury as well and i think we might hear more about trucking truckers um this could be walkouts i know the ups strike was averted they still haven't ratified it though and we'll see what happens we'll see what happens i'm i'm still not convinced it'll be a hundred percent averted um but that could just be me going wait I was wrong about something which I told you I tell you guys all this time I have an 87% accuracy rate that means I don't get everything right but anything above 60% is a very high accuracy rating anybody who's 50-50 that's just a good guess but it's, it's very accurate so and and it's funny I've had people come at me trolls online come at me for that and go well that's not perfect and I'm like you don't understand you don't understand statistics do you okay so and you know I don't like being right about everything it can be really harsh so the next crunchy times um is after is after the moon goes into cancer but it's really not like the 11th i don't think it's going to be that crunchy i think it's all right um going into the 12th i think you could see a lot of rain in some places um like major precipitation potential flooding erosion events sinkholes landslides um give away you know um shorelines and and riverbanks getting eroded uh now the good news is is marjorie taylor green might do something dumb because her mars is in cancer and you know pluto is moving back to oppose it and that also gives us joy we don't have a birth time for her but i know like clockwork when that moon is in a cardinal sign she does something spectacularly stupid so um venus will be conjunct the sun that day of course it's square uranus it's square jupiter and again that could be financial matters the feds might do something i don't know what the feds would do but they might um we could hear bad news out of banking mortgages probably private lending probably investment banking or um private equity firms those types of things might be in trouble we might hear more about a prestige brand or a celebrity with a scandal so not necessarily one we've heard of a new one we could hear a new one of a new one so there's that and then of course on the 13th which is the awake space meetup and if you're a patron your invitation is in there and the moon will be in opposition to pluto and squaring the nodes um starting at around um 7 p.m pacific remember for for the moon or for any planet to be in aspect to the nodes it has it's a two degree orb so the moon will be in an approaching opposition to pluto before that but around 7 p.m 8 p.m 
we'll see the moon starting to square off. So there might be some very interesting events. Again, I'm looking at Asia, I'm looking at Europe, I'm looking at Africa, I'm looking at the Middle East, Australia, South Pacific regions, uh, basically Eastern Hemisphere. We'll probably have more things going on. Western Hemisphere, it could just be weather, you know, weather events. Um, <clears throat> so into the evening there might even be some big thunderstorms you might have issues with dams you might have issues with quarries filling up um coal mines things like that we might see some nationalistic bs happen um but that's that's what i'm seeing that's what i'm seeing things get squirrely guys <clears throat> and this is all kind of the setup uh, we've got Mercury in the pre-retrograde phase and we'll talk about that in the next segment. We'll talk about Mercury pre-retrograde not pre-shadow. We're going to talk real astrology. Real astrology. Not pop astrology not the YouTube astrology not the tiki-taki astrology but actual real factual astrology because if I hear pre-shadow one more time I'm going to well, I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to be really, really frustrated. All right. <laughs> I'll come right back with patron shout outs. All right. We got my favorite part of the podcast because without patrons, there is no awake space. And so I want to thank every single one of you for your undying support. Now, here's the thing. Patreon had to do this upgrade with a payment processor and over a hundred of you (laughs) who were sponsoring the podcast um, at various levels like your banks didn't like it because of some the the upgrade to the system. So I sent out messages to everyone who had been declined because of the upgrade system. It's it's software, guys. So I sent you instructions on how to fix that if you want to continue being a patron. If you don't, I understand. I'm just letting you know I didn't kick you out, okay? I did not kick you out. And if you've been trying to resolve it, there's instructions now. So check your, check your inboxes in Patreon. So our newest, our newest patrons, we've got Valerie, Patricia, Nikki, Courtney, Ariana, Mary Frances, Patricia, Aaron, Jesse, Cheyenne, Crystal, Allie, Beth, Luisa, Alyssa, Paola, or Paola, uh, Superplin, Irene, Andrea, Prithi, Judith, David, Jennifer, Lindsay, Anna, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for being the newest patrons of the Awake Space. We have such cool stuff happening in the horoscopes um, with the new planner, astrology planner. And I just keep adding to it. It is so exciting. And it's got me really excited to start writing some different kinds of astrology books that are a little bit more visual because I think, you know, astrology can be a lot like studying anthropology or another kind of social science with math. And, and it's just, if you read some of the old books, they're, they're very mind numbing. And I remember 
when I was younger, I'd be like, just get to the point. Cause they'd be like long and drawn out. And I'd be like, just, just, just give me the answer, which it's never quite that simple. And yet at the same time, we can make things more fun and engaging to learn from. So I'm excited to get started on some of that. Casey and I are both writers and we're looking forward to this road trip for inspiration and even just time to write while we're on the road. Uh, we're going to shoot up I-5 to get to Oregon, but we're going to take the coast back down, which is super fun. Excited about that. So, so my darlings, we're going to talk more about Mercury retrograde. I don't think I'm going to, you know, it's kind of a pain to edit this as a video. So we're going to talk about Mercury retrograde and how to prepare for it. Mercury stations retrograde on August 23rd, August 23rd. And you're going to have everybody and their mother freaking out about it and blaming it during its three week period of retrograde because, you know, Mercury is, you know, at fault for everything. Poor Mercury. There is a whole lot of astrology going on. Okay. There is a whole lot of astrology going on. You can't just blame one planet for everything that goes on. It, that's not what happens. The moon changes signs every two and a half days. The sun is moving a degree per day. Mars is actually getting ready to ingress on the 24th into Libra. That should be a very kapowy kind of day. What's a kapowy? It's a kaboom. That's what it is. I come with sound effects. Um should be very volatile you know libra mars is not a passive mars at all it's not it, it, it's it just is a different kind of energy you know it's the flip side of aries but that does not make it passive at all in fact when it comes to social justice or fairness it's it's a lot so um hmm Let's talk about that Mercury retrograde period. So this is how it works. A planet that stations. Okay. It looks like it's stopping in the sky. I said, it looks like it cause it doesn't really happen up in the sky. It's happening from a geocentric point of view. So to us standing on earth, looking up, it looks like, Oh wow. Mercury put on the brakes. That's the station. And it does a switch of direction. In this case on the 23rd, Mercury will station retrograde. We are currently, right now, as of August 6th, 2023, we are in the pre-retrograde phase. It is not the pre-shadow. It is not the shadow phase. It is the pre-retrograde. There's no such thing as a pre-shadow. You do not walk out your door at 9 a.m. and look on the ground and go, that's where my shadow is going to be this afternoon not how it works okay just not it just is pre-retrograde it means it to our eyes if we were observing the planet with a telescope it would look like it's slowing down okay so with mercury about to station retrograde in virgo which is one of the signs that is ruled by mercury this one should be kind of interesting. It's not going to be, at least I think, it's not going to be quite as harsh as the 
retrograde from Mercury and Taurus was. And that is because Mercury and Taurus spent some of its time square Pluto in Aquarius. And that was a lot. That was really weird energy. We as human beings have never observed that before because Pluto has never been in Aquarius for us to observe, right? We weren't aware of it. So astrologers didn't, weren't chronicling. Okay. So con being conscious of something matters. And so this time Mercury, it isn't, it isn't going to be making a hard aspect to Pluto. So this should be pretty good. Um, it'll be bumps. It'll be foibles. Um, you guys have to stop freaking out every time something doesn't go your way or work out exactly to plan because it's probably not. You need to take the attitude of the learner. You need to have some curiosity. Um, you don't want to jump to conclusions with this retrograde. These are all things you, you need to pay attention to, to prepare for it. Um, I've, did, did I put that in this? I think I did put in Mercury Retrograde Prep into this version of the... Uh, 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 maybe I closed it out. I closed it out. I think I did, though. I think I did a little Mercury Retrograde Prep. You know, this is, you just want to take care of things, like get your oil changed, you know, anything to do with your vehicles, anything to do with phones, communications devices, internet connections, check your subscriptions to online platforms, make sure all your payment information is up to date, make sure your payment gateways are all up to date, all of that stuff that's going on. You want to make sure of that. Um, 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 um. I'm doing that just so it doesn't sound like a single um. If you're going to, speaking of ums, if you're going to be doing any public speaking, you want to double check your notes. You want to you know, really prepare for the public speaking moment. If you're getting ready to publish a book or put out an album, anything that's been recorded, have a backup. Just make a backup. Don't rely on autosave. Hit the save button on all documents obsessively. These are all important things because I can guarantee you dollars to donuts. There's probably going to be forced computer updates. There's going to be a lot of debugging and probably hacking. So, you know, change your passwords, do your maintenance, do all of that. Um, with Mars getting ready to move into Libra, and the sun getting ready, you know, the day Mercury goes retrograde, the sun moves into Virgo. And then the next day, Mars moves into Libra. It's going to be very volatile. And everybody and their mother, I can guarantee you, is going to blame Mercury retrograde instead of Mars ingressing into Libra. Why? Because most of the people who talk about astrology are just want, 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 regurgitate, burble, burble, talk about the same thing as everybody else is talking about without ever researching it. Oh, man. While we're at it, next segment, next segment, I will talk about why the Black Moon Lilith is bullshit. <sighs> I need to get that off my chest. I did a TikTok about it and it didn't get very many views. And I'm like, People don't care about research. They just, they like the drama. They like the drama. By the way, we'll see a lot of that during the Mercury retrograde. Everybody will have something to say. <laughs> Even more than normal. 
and they'll all be trying gotchas, but it's not going to work out. So it'll be really funny. I look forward to the trolling. Trolls kind of help you get more views. So thank you, trolls. Thank you, trolls. Mm, kiss my accuracy. All right. Um, yeah. Why don't we talk about Black Moon Lilith and why it's BS in the next segment? I think that would be really fun. And then I'll answer Q&A from patrons at the end of this show. All right. So astrology is a field of study, guys. And that means you have to do research and homework. And I know they've dumbed education down and they didn't teach people how to research over the last 30 years. But even before that, we had astrologers trying to make things fit. And there, there is good academic astrology where people actually do proper research, do observation, notation, look for repetitive, um, repetitive data sets. And, and measure accuracy. And then there's, hey, let's just do whatever we want, astrology. And that's where things like Black Moon Lilith and asteroids come into play. And it didn't just start in, you know, the 70s, although it had a huge uptick. Okay. Uh, I'll get into that in a minute. But it also was going on in the 1800s. You have to remember, it got much easier to publish material in the, the late 1800s into the 20th century. And there was this guy named Walter Gornold who went by the name of Safariel, obviously because it was cooler and it sounded very spiritual. Can you see the aesthetic coming on? Now, he had some very interesting astrological observations. I've read a lot of Safariel's work. However, when it came to the Black Moon Lilith, this is what happened. So... He was a 19th century astrologer. That means he did his, most of his astrologer in the 1800s. And he, he felt that uh, he was also into theosophy and energy work. And there's nothing wrong with that. I've studied theosophy as well. But when we're doing astrology, we can't just go, oh, I feel like it's there. And he made a claim. He made a claim about the black moon Lilith in oh gosh the early 1900s i'm trying to find it here um let's see so the black moon lilith isn't real it was a theoretical point no one has ever found it ah yeah it was 1918 he he claimed he saw it no one else has been able to see it nobody else so it, it isn't a thing I'm also not a fan of the use of the mythos of Lilith. Okay. And it's okay to have the story, but I don't understand why even feminists grabbed onto it because it's a vengeful demon goddess who was spurned and we deal with her resentments or deep sexuality, you know, and it's back to the Madonna and the horror really. Okay. That's a that's an archetype. You're either a Madonna, you're chaste and you're virginal, or you're like a whore and you sleep with anything. Those are patriarchal points of view. 
we are mammals. We have primal urges. We have the urge to procreate and procreating for our species feels good. And so we like to do that. It doesn't make you less feminine to enjoy it. It doesn't make you more masculine to enjoy it. It doesn't make you more feminine to not enjoy it and less masculine if you don't. And it's this very rigid social cultural mindset that leads to bad interpretations and make it fit astrology. When we get into asteroids, this one is absolutely mind-numbingly insane (laughs) on why people choose to do what they do with them. And I'm not talking about you, okay? But I'm talking about actual astrologers who use this logic. It makes me question their skills because they'll take an asteroid that was named by an astronomer or an amateur astronomer who discovered it and go, oh, we must apply the myth because it has a name. We don't sit and take the time to observe throughout its its orbital cycle. We don't look for any influence. We just say, oh, well, it was named after Chiron, so it must mean it's the wounded healer. And this is going to show all of your wounds. There was no other study to it than that for people to grab onto it and run with it. And say, ah, it was named that, therefore the energy rings true. And they'd try to tie quantum physics into it. And I'm like, I don't know. It was like Chiron was discovered in 1977. It has a 51 and a half year orbit. We haven't seen a full orbit of it yet. And in my experience, it really isn't about the wound you cannot heal. It's more like a light post on the healing path. It can be. But you've got a bunch of people saying, oh, well, I think Chiron should actually roll Virgo, not Mercury. Even though Mercury's sign is the Cadius, the sign of the healer. You know, that's what healers wear the serpents and the pole. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we go to make things fit, we don't do ourselves any favors because what we're doing is we're reinforcing stereotype, social, cultural programming. You know, so a lot of psychologists will do this. And again, I'm not against psychology, but they'll tell you how broken you are if you've had these things happen. And you got to get pretty deep in before they say, hey, healing's possible. And I'm not talking about all of them. If you're one of the psychologists who reminds people they have neuroplasticity and they can heal, that's awesome. But I'm talking about the manipulation of social cultural thought. Okay. I know I'm getting heavy here. I've been sassy, but now I'm getting heavy. And the reason I'm getting heavy is because... If you're trying to look up your next boyfriend by the asteroid, you're not helping yourself, okay? You're making it fit. Instead of working on yourself to attract in, using your Venus, to attract in someone who is a really good match for your energy. Because if you're always thinking down on yourself, if you're like, I can't trust people, I'm always getting screwed over, Are you going to attract somebody who really cares? Are you? Probably not. And I'm not saying it's your fault you attracted the no good so-and-so, but if you're not expecting better than that, what else can you see? It's not a fault thing. It's a frequency thing. 
We all do it, including me. We all do it. And it's where we tune our focus. So what do you use? You use the established planets. And people say, well, what about Pluto? Well, there are some really bad interpretations for all of the planets, including Pluto. Like when the Pluto, when the astrologers from the 60s said, you know, Pluto was the destroyer. <laughs> it's not the destroyer. It's forced evolution. And we've seen that play out. We haven't watched it for a full orbit, but we've seen it play out time and time again. And I don't think it's a higher octave of Mars. I kind of feel like it's a higher octave of Saturn. And I know I'm not the only astrologer who's made that observation. I think it can act like the higher octave of Mars. And there could be people here who know a little bit more about astrophysics or astronomy. And they're like, well, what about all the trans-Neptunian planets? And it might be that Pluto is a symbol that we use that represents all the trans-Neptunian there's still a lot of study to be done and observations to be done. You cannot claim for certain to know everything about anything when it comes to astrology. And you you have to do research, but some of it's really easy. So let's say the asteroid Lilith. It wasn't even named after Lilith the myth. It was named after Lily Boulanger. She was a French composer. She wasn't, it had nothing to do with Lilith. And so there's a lot of sensationalism. There's a lot of drama. And, and I think trying to use myths as an anchor point and people say, well, but they're archetypes. They are one cultural viewpoint of archetype. And we know so much more about how energy works. We know so much more about how the human brain works. We know from our studies of other subjects that we have social cultural constructs and if you're going to live in that lens you're limiting your perception and how you can live your life you can deconstruct that and reconstruct with new understanding so that's why i don't use black moon lilith or the asteroids and even Chiron. I'm going to be teaching about Chiron in the Planet of the Month Club in September to kind of set the record straight. And it's based off my experience of three decades because I was just as enchanted with it. Nobody comes to astrology and dedicates their life to it because it's coffee, astrology, and food for me. Coffee, astrology, and food. You don't do that if you didn't have a reason. And I was trying to make sense of my own life. And just like so many of you, you know, I, I on the, on the CS or on the childhood trauma scale, nine out of 10, nine out of 10, zero clinical markers worked really hard to get them. And astrology was part of the pathway. And when I came to astrology, I was looking for all the reasons to why did these things happen to me? What was wrong with me to have those things happen? Why would I pick this life? Did I choose it? All those things. And no, you do not choose your trauma, but you can choose to heal. And that is in your birth chart as well. We can see trauma indicators in a birth chart, but it doesn't mean you chose them. 
It means you equipped yourself to navigate through challenge in life. And there was no guarantee what was going to happen and how it was going to happen. What we can see is likelihood. Astrology is not a one-size-fits-all subject. It is not a you just regurgitate information because you saw it in a video or listened to a podcast. You don't believe it just because somebody said it. If somebody says it, go listen. I'll hear rumors online about something. So like recently people have been saying that Melania is in Slovenia and everybody is carrying forth that rumor. I went and I started research. I have found no evidence that that is true. No evidence. So if somebody says something, so like when people were telling me, well, the ancient Greeks didn't care about aspects. And I was like, when did zero get used in math? And I started doing a massive research project of my own, just a little passion project on the history of the math of astrology. The Greeks didn't care because they didn't have the math. They would have cared if they did. Zero wasn't used. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. That's why you have perfections and you don't have um, return charts in, in traditional astrology. They could not do the math that accurately. Okay. It's about accuracy if you want to be really good. If you want to know why I'm accurate, I've lived, breathed, and slept this since 1995. It's almost 30 years. We're two years away. I don't know what we're going to do to celebrate 30 years, but we'll do something. Okay. 25 years old. And turned 26 yet. Kind of crazy. Right. And so it's important. It's important to not make it fit. Question before you believe stuff. How many people listen to my video and go, oh no, I'm screwed when I'm saying, hey, it's not a problem. Stop. That kind of thinking is hurting you. You have everything to guide you to your best life in your natal chart. Yeah, you can see problems. You can also see the solutions in that chart. And that's what we cover in Patreon. That's what I go through in my readings. Um, if you're a patron this month, the, the discount is 30% off all readings. And we got Woke Astrology Live reading you to filth coming up. So I'll have that link in the show notes for you. You guys have got to stop trying to make things fit. And I know there's some really famous people who've written books and they give all these, like there wasn't enough feminine energy in traditional astrology. And I'm like, it's not that hard to actually take binary out of it. Energy is energy. Stop looking at it as male and female and just look at it as human. Because you can't tell from an astrology chart if someone is a man or a woman, period. Biologically, from birth, you cannot tell. You can see it's a human being. So using masculine and feminine, and in the interpretations, in the old school way, there was a lot of damaging damaging accusation. So if a man had a cancer Mars, it was worse than if a woman had a cancer Mars. That's a damaging 
There isn't a better or worse Mars to have. That line of thinking is hierarchical, elitist, and patriarchal. And it's time we blew that out. And that's what we do every day at the Awake Space. I'm not saying life is just sunshine and roses, but there's always a solution to be found. And there's always a different perspective that we can tune ourselves to, to live more fulfilling and rewarding lives. And that's, that's what I'm all about. All right. Let's do some astrology Q&A. It's time for some astrology Q&A from the patrons at the Awake Space. All right. Andy asked a really good question. And Andy asked, if I do not live in my birthplace or where I was born, should I read rising sign horoscopes based on what houses the moon transits in both the natal chart and the relocation chart? And Andy, in your case, absolutely. You were born in one country, almost half the world away from where you live today. So yeah, your location has changed greatly. If you've just moved, you know, 100 miles, 500 miles away from home, then your birth chart works just fine. But for people who were born in one place and moved very far away from it, so maybe Los Angeles to New York or um, maybe Florida to Washington State, um, if you were born in the Middle East and you live in the U.S. or vice versa, if, if you live in England, used to, like if you were born in England and then live in Italy, um, those would be times you'd, you'd look at the relocated chart. As long as you've lived there for like over six months, you could look at those transits and it would be, it's just speaking of research, it would be great to keep notes in your astrology, uh, your astrology planner. I'm putting in more pages for notes, but it'd be great to keep a little journal to see which ones apply. I always like to say that the day-to-day life things, you know, paying bills, um, work stuff, car stuff, you know, they're all physical day-to-day. You'll see that in a relocated chart transit, whereas the internal work, if you're working on yourself, if you're doing inner child work, if you're doing therapy, that's, that's going to be your natal chart. So good, good question. I love questions. We had so many good questions in Planet of the Month Club today. We've been doing Saturn. That's our Planet of the Month for August. Gave some great homework. I look forward to seeing what everybody comes up with. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm looking for the next one. Let's see. Sharon, what are some of the most difficult transits and some of the best transits? Oh man, that's a dangerous question, Sharon. Um, it really depends on how old you are when some of these transits happen. Um, before you're an autonomous adult certain transits can be a lot harder like Saturn and Pluto transits to very sensitive parts of the chart like Mercury Moon Mars Sun to some degree um 
those, those are harder to go through as little ones. As adults, that gets a little easier. It can still be kind of crunchy, but it's certainly a lot easier to go through um, at, when you have agency because you can do something about life. As, as a kid, you don't really have any agency to make decisions or change your environment or you, know, you just have to kind of put up with whatever you're going through. That can be very um, so I would say Saturn and Pluto transits tend to be quite extreme. Uranus transits can be very extreme depending on the person. They can be extremely positive. They can be extremely like, what the F? Um, and it depends on the person in their chart. The best transits, um, actually Jupiter transits can be tough too. It depends. Jupiter transits can go one or the other way. It's just kind of more is more is more in my experience. Um, some of the best transits can be, um, the sun going over your Venus that happens pretty much every year. Well, it does happen every year. Um, Venus over your Mars that happens about every 18 months. Um, Uranus conjunct Saturn was pretty cool though. I had a really good transit with that. It just kind of took chains off social chains it was really cool um i don't know it just really depends on your perspective and your turn on what is best or worst you know right now i have pluto opposite my sun and my mercury and it it's the least harsh pluto transit i've experienced and i've had a major pluto transit every year of my life and let me tell you the first 30 years were pretty pretty intense um 2016 was pretty intense when Pluto started squaring off with my moon. Of course, I had Jupiter on top of my moon transit. That was... Sometimes it's the combos that are harder. It's not just the one transit. You get the one-two punch. Um, in our Saturn class today, somebody in the class had Saturn in Capricorn. And I was like, you poor, poor thing. That The poor Saturn and Capricorn people going through their Saturn return during 2020, 2021... I, they are spiritual badasses. You know, that, that was intense. That's one of the reasons I went public as an astrologer. I, I was thinking about those poor people. And then we had Mars and Aries squaring off with it. It's just like, oh my God, that you guys are still here and kicking the badassery. You get that award. So that, that's what I've got to say. I can't really speak to a specific one. I think it would be unethical. But those are some examples it's again because people will kind of run with what you say and take it out of context or misunderstand it so there's that okay so Hi, Chris. Chris asks, how is a planet of one sign but in a house of another to be interpreted? For example, my Cap Jupiter, and that would be Capricorn Jupiter, is in my second house, which is ruled by Sagittarius. Is this planet still considered in fall as both signs to be read together? No. No. Um, and I don't like the detriments and the dignities and all of that. I, again, that's hierarchy and patriarchy. So, and again, there is, like... 
their Saturn is structure. How the structure happens is based on the sign. Same like Jupiter is the magnifier. How it magnifies depends on the sign. So if you have, I, I too have a second house that starts with Sagittarius and we have Capricorn in there as well. The sign on the house governs the house. The sign on the house governs the house. The secondary sign is like accenting. So one of the things I did with natal chart foundations, and we'll do it again in the fall, is we did an exercise that helped people really understand the theme of the house based on the ruler, in your case that's Sagittarius, and then the accenting that happens. So it's kind of like, think of it like accessorizing an outfit. That would be the Capricorn. So um, it would, to me, that second house, again, and I'm very familiar with this one because I have a Sagittarius second house too. I, I earn my money best. I attract money through my knowledge and my expertise and my experiences or my storytelling, right? But I still like to be physically secure. So like that's something I'm, I'm looking for. Um, so now that Jupiter in Capricorn in your second house means you would benefit from more traditional work or traditional investment or, you know, you attract tangible things to you as well. So you're good at seeing those opportunities. That's what that would mean. Okay, that was a good question. And I know that gets confusing for people, which is one of the reasons why, you know, whole sign became popular because people had a hard time understanding how to interpret the different signs within the houses. Okay, Kate Elizabeth was asking me, uh, this is from a long time ago, I did an episode where I talked about keeping track of transits um, in relationship to your chart as an, obs as an observational astrology practice, just to make it practical for you. And they asked, what questions would be most helpful to ask yourself as you're checking on the transits or journaling each day? And she remembered correctly that I said to record the day first and then check the transits, but there are some questions you ought to ask yourself as, but are there questions you ought to ask yourself as to how the transits of the day applied to your life? Um, could I go into more detail? Yeah, I think, and I don't remember that podcast, but I, I know me. And so if I said there's things you should ask yourself, it's to stop you telling the story. Okay. This person did me dirty, blah, blah, blah. Instead of giving the story of this person gave a rumor about me and now I'm embarrassed and how dare they it would be, what have I learned about my interactions with other people? Did you overdisclose this to this person? Did you not have boundaries? Did you rightfully trust them and they found themselves untrustworthy? You want to question it. And I'm not saying blame yourself in the least, but it, it's more like, what are you getting out of the experience? And you could also ask yourself, telling the story, what, what good is it doing for me? Is it helping me? What can I do differently next time? 
and it could be maybe you're clumsy during a certain lunar transit and you know you notice for three months in a row you've tripped over things you're like what else can i do to stay more present in my body during this particular lunar transit you know something like that i hope that made sense that was a good question i may have answered that one before I'm, I'm cleaning these questions out and I will start doing these in the Patreon as well. What are some red flags to look out for when trying to learn about astrology? This question comes from Alyssa. Uh, I kind of talked about that in the segment about Lilith and the asteroids. <clears throat> People can speak with authority and even a book a written and published book from an actual publishing house can be full of misinformation. Okay. You really want to cross-reference things. You really want to do some digging. And another thing would be, um, if it's being hyped up, double question it. Know why this is an important thing to learn. Like if, if things go in fads, that's why the North node is a popular thing. The North node of the moon is the guy, everybody mystified when all celestial bodies, including the earth and the sun have nodes. We are fascinated by the lunar nodes because Jan Spiller wrote a book in the 1990s and I, it's a cool book. I own the book and I, and, but people overemphasize it. And it's not even her fault they overemphasized it. It's just she she wrote such a good book, people really weighed in of like, oh, this is why, instead of doing the rest of the astrology. Um, so I weighed, I, and then if you're reading older literature, understand the time that it was written in. Don't take it verbatim. Understand that interpretation is based on a cultural and social lens. And so take things with a little grain of salt when it comes to interpretations. And then also don't try to run before you can walk. Don't try to do mundane astrology as a beginning astrologer. Okay. That's really important. I think a lot of times, even, even looking at aspects, if you just started, like if you just started and if you have never taken a class with a, a actual astrologer who knows what they're doing, then look, you know, trying to do a deep dive into aspects or just regurgitating information people said, that does not make you an expert astrologer. Slow your roll. Be thorough. Treat astrology like a language. Do observational exercises. That's, that's the best thing you can do. So be really, really careful. And then if it hypes it up, if it makes something seem angelic or it makes something seem demonized, it's usually a red flag. If it's really misogynistic, patriarchal, um, but then again, you're going to see that in books written, you know, before the last five, six years, you're going to see a lot of patriarchy. You're going to see a lot. In fact, astrology itself was birthed during the advent of patriarchy. So it's important to take those interpretations with a grain of salt. It's not always a red flag. Sometimes it's just, you have to step back and be like, okay, well, I see what they said. How could I look at that a little differently? I hope that helped. All right, guys, I got to finish packing for the road trip with Casey. I'm excited about it. Um, if 
very excited about this and I'll be recording this podcast up in Oregon in my home stomping grounds and uh, hopefully we'll have my mentor as a guest, Thomas C. Chavez, if all goes to plan, taking my recording equipment. Yay! So uh, I look forward to giving you updates on TikTok and in Patreon, the Discord, and uh, well, we're going to have a good time. Hopefully I see you in Portland as well. Hopefully. I hope to see you in the Portland area on Sunday. And if you're from Oregon, I know it's not Portland. I know it's Oregon City, but other people don't know that. All right. Bye-bye.